Hi, welcome to The Conversation. This is Christy. And I'm Gretchen. You're listening to Conversations to Connect. This is episode 39, where we will be getting real about authenticity and what it looks like to show up in an authentic way in your life. So speaking of authenticity, I'm so happy to be here in person with you because at, it's at a safe such, distance. We are at a very safe <laughs> distance, but it's such a treat to have a moving living human being in my presence. And it's also nice that I am not in my house. <laughs> Tell me what it's like at your house. It's chaotic. It <laughs> and chaotic. here is very quiet. It's so we so have, quiet. We have like the opposite ends of the spectrum, but I think that it's so important that we have this conversation in person because we have been through a lot this year and everybody has been through a lot and we're coming off of a holiday season and with a lot I did, I took the whole week off between Christmas and New Year's and it was very peaceful and Mm -hmm. calm before we started this year in an uproar again. Mm -hmm. That was really nice to kind of reflect on everything that the pandemic has brought about. Like who has been there for you through all, I call them the stages of the pandemic and the necessary, my, uh, I have two friends, Ashley and Katie, and we have daily phone calls and we were laughing because we were talking about Christmas card lists and we were like yeah you just gotta like make room if you only get so many Christmas cards you have to make room for the new people that came into your life this year and that means you don't send some and like this process of shedding chapters of our lives that include people it doesn't mean you don't like those people but I think that the pandemic year at least for myself and a lot of people that I work with and friends that I have have had to face a lot of difficult conversations with friends, family members that they, I guess, could blame on the pandemic. How do you describe that to people, Gretchen? Kind of like it's brought out what people's values are. And so maybe somebody doesn't respect my boundaries Mm -hmm. and they never have. And it's really come out due to this pandemic. Or maybe somebody is really been getting distant and has been kind of surface level and you try to have like an engaging conversation with them and they discount that or they don't want to engage in it. And it's like, oh, well, that's disappointing because we have to have difficult conversations to have deep relationships with people. I've communicated about it that it has unmasked yes. a lot of what we have kept hidden. So I feel like before the pandemic hit and before all of 2020, we all, me included, have gotten very good at hiding parts of ourselves mm-hmm. and hiding our needs, hiding things. The things our, that make us vulnerable. That, our, absolutely. Our make emotions. us feel guilty mm-hmm. or make us feel like yeah. less than, yeah. So, and the things that it was easy to just say, you know what, I can bear this. I'll bear the pain instead of bringing it up, instead of making mm-hmm. somebody else uncomfortable. And I feel like because of the pandemic, because of just like what you said, where there are so many things to deal with, with family, with friends, even maybe with myself. Like I've had a lot of internal struggles or realizations of how I viewed myself, how I viewed my worth, just what what is my role in my Mm -hmm. own life? What do I want that to be? And a lot of things that before were very buried right and right. so i feel we like we didn't have time for it we didn't we have, have our well, schedules were packed we weren't allowing time for it right. and so this is one of those things that we talked about in some of the earlier podcasts related to the pandemic which was like we all got really forced 
into a position where we had to mm-hmm. address these things because there was nothing else to do. Right. <laughs> there was a lot of time to do Well, that. and we talked about earlier in the pandemic podcast about how some people just need to keep busy. And yep. people who can't deal with their emotions had to constantly be at the stores right. or running here busy, busy, or doing, busy. yeah, mm-hmm. not dealing with those things. And well, I, and you said about like how you have seen lots of ups and downs and in and outs. I've seen that too. Like there have in other people, in myself, whether it's moments of initially, like, I don't know what to do. And so I just keep myself busy to, I am the opposite. I'm doing mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. Or people who are like, I'm handling this really well. This isn't really bad. And then coming to a point later and being like, this is horrific. I don't know what's going right. on. Or vice versa. People who initially crashed and were really struggling and then found a way to kind of find a groove in everything that life has been throwing us. And it's been so much. It's been so much. I like that you brought up individual versus relationships too. So at the beginning, and it was perfect because perfectly timed, I did a loving kindness teacher training for meditation and it was throughout the month of November. So talk about when like our worlds are so divided politically, especially, Mm -hmm. and it was just like so much on social media and it's like, didn't we just learn that like social media is being used to divide us? Like, why are we like falling into this trap consistently? So anyway, it was nice to step back from that and look at how we divide like the world. Compartments. I like this. I don't like this. Mm. This is neutral. And we use people. It's like this person is an easy person to love. I want to offer them these bids for loving kindness. This person is like somebody neutral, just like the bus driver, somebody that checked me out like at the... At Giant Eagle. And just a real quick. So we spent one week with the person that we love. The one week with somebody that's neutral. And that was my favorite. I'm like, there are so many neutral people that are just in the background of my life. And I'm just in the background of their life. And that, like, really incited me. Like, we need to take care of each other. We need to wish for the people. That leads into the difficult people in our life. Like, maybe... I'm the difficult person for somebody else. I'm or sure maybe, we, we all are. I'm right. going to be difficult for somebody. You're going to be difficult for somebody because we can't be we can't be liked by everybody. We can't be everyone's right. cup of tea. And difficult doesn't necessarily mean I don't have a relationship with this person. It's like right now we don't really see eye to eye. Mm-hmm. So then we did a week of sitting with loving kindness for ourselves, which is really challenging. Oof. And and it for me split into like. These are the ways that I like to show up. These are the parts of my personality that I like. Like, oh, these ones don't like. Don't mm-hmm. look at them. Don't bring <laughs> them up. Like, and it was just so interesting to be like, but they're all parts of us. And when we show up in an authentic way, we have to let other people know that. <laughs> right? It's so, but it's so true. And it's yeah. been such a theme with so many people that mm-hmm. I've been working with in therapy. It's been a theme with again, myself and the work that I've been doing on myself over this past year with family, with friends, mm-hmm. like, like you said, it, it has unmasked a <laughs> lot of things that before we were able to inauthentically right. skirt around right. well, and just not address. Right. And to just to speak to the quote you talked about, like taking care of what other people are experiencing rather than showing up with that person for ourselves. It's mm. just like, there are, and I'm like flashing a lot of my clients right now, especially the generation before us who has never, or I don't want to generalize everybody, but most have not 
sought some like deeper level of understanding through therapy and different things patterns of just like oh we just do it this way to appease this person and this year it really exploded for a lot of people it was like no i don't want to do that and i think about christmas because here in pittsburgh we were in a place and still are of the pandemic that it's not safe to do like indoor gatherings and all the parties that we used to do and everybody i've talked to was like it was amazing I did exactly what I wanted to do. Well, and it's really interesting because it allowed us the opportunity to do that, I think, with a lesser amount of resistance. There was still resistance. There was still hurt feelings. There was still disappointment. Mm -hmm. But more people, I think, and I agree because everyone that I've talked to in my own experience as well, I was able to have a holiday that I thoroughly enjoyed. Yes. And I was glad to have even just like i didn't have to go here for this person we didn't have to do i mean and you have multiple families yeah so i'm sure that's so nice to just i don't have to do anything for anyone else but Mm -hmm. also it was nice that in the midst of a year that has really fucking sucked Mm -hmm. to have a moment that was really nice and it was what i wanted right and to be able to do that and to be able to be in a position to have that was amazing yeah still difficult still hard still weird but also nice and it was something that you know i've talked with a lot of people then coming back from the holidays hey how was your holiday how was it different what did you think all that stuff what do you think is going to happen next year right already this idea of wow so many things that we have done for ourselves, ways that we've been able to be more authentic, ask for what we want, demand what we want, Mm -hmm. or just be given what we want sometimes because of the situation. How much of that do we want to continue to keep in our lives? Mm -hmm. How much, you know, now that we've had it, it's going to be much harder to give it up or to go back to something that we know was really inauthentic Mm -hmm. and really against what it was that we wanted. And so it's very hard once you get something that you that meets a need that you have mm-hmm. and that is aligned with what you need to then realize, I don't know if I want to be able to give, I don't know if I want to give this up and if I'll be able to. Right. Well, and that takes a lot of courage to continue to stand to up maintain. to. Yes. Yeah. And with a lot of people, so many people like, dumpster fire, 2020 is awful, it's terrible. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What has been good? Because I know that there's a half a dozen things that I'm like, this really went kind of well. And I hate being like, I, I like this part <laughs> of it. Or but it's okay. Well, and it's like, yes. And, and it's it, important to see both sides of every right. situation. And then, yes. And having time to really be like, these are things that I wanted to do. Maybe I didn't get to them. I was gentler with myself. Yeah. And then I finally did get to them. Or I'm starting to see avenues and like pathways of, what you said, what's to come? What do I want to be focusing my time and attention on? I think the idea of like, there were parts of this year that were 100% a giant dumpster fire <laughs> of like flaming shit. 100%. But in anything, and we've talked about this before in previous episodes, we don't want to stay in the all or nothing. Right. right? The entire year was not a flaming dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of it. <laughs> right. That was a flaming dumpster <clears throat> fire. A lot of it. More than a lot of us had capacity to deal with and it became very difficult, but not all of it was. And I think that that's important. So when people, and I've seen it, people asking or posting things saying like, 
you know, what's something that went well for you in 2020 mm-hmm. or what's something that came out of this that you benefited from? And even if it's a very small, tiny, minuscule little thing, it's still something. Yeah. And so it wasn't all bad. And that's mm-hmm. also realizing with authenticity that there are things that when really hard, awful, difficult, bad things happen, it doesn't destroy the hope and the joy mm-hmm. and right. It often opens up more opportunities for us to seek those out because things have been so dark that when we do have small moments of joy or light, mm-hmm. it's so welcome and needed. Well, yeah. And it's the grief process and it's living in a crisis. Like you have a job to do during a crisis and your job is to get yourself through that. And it's been a very long crisis, <laughs> like and multiple ones upon multiple ones. And so I feel like that it's really difficult sometimes to step back and be like, okay, wait, there were other points in my life where I thought this was the most devastating thing I could possibly go through. And then I'm nothing good is going to come of it. And there's always something good. And I don't bring that up to people because when you're in the grief and crisis mode, you, you don't, don't want to hear, hear it about the and it's hard silver lining. But there is always, and there's one client I work with in particular for about like maybe seven years ago had gone through a divorce. And now, like this year in the dumpster fire of 2020, proposed to somebody who's like a true soulmate of theirs. And it was yeah. just like so amazing to be like, wow, I thought like that was the end of me. And I mm-hmm. dragged myself to therapy because I was like, somebody needs to fix this. And yeah. I found out that there's a lot of growth that happens in mm-hmm. in these times. I think it's hard to realize when we're, when we're in darkness. Mm-hmm. I, I try not to use the term silver lining because I think a lot of us feel like it's the like placating, you know what I mean? Right, right. Like, but... Like, I don't, I don't believe that everything happens for a reason. Like, I don't think that we are intended, like, oh, yeah, you were meant to suffer or mm-hmm. we were meant to struggle or whatever. But what I do believe is that when we go through difficult things, that's where growth happens. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that we are meant, like, yes, this was supposed to happen or this happened for a reason. No, because mm-hmm. we don't deserve that. Nobody deserves that kind of pain and suffering. But through pain and suffering comes change. And when we go through really difficult things, it does open up a lot of awareness about ourselves and others Mm -hmm. and allows us. So like you were talking about the person that you've been working with, like went through a lot of pain and suffering to then finally be able to find maybe a more authentic self and Mm -hmm. then an authentic partner and live a more authentic life because, well, if if I'm now more aware because of what I've gone through and because of the pain that I felt, what can I learn from that? How can I grow from that? Yes. And I think that what I've noticed too is religion sometimes plays a factor or non-religion. Like sometimes that everything happens for a reason is tied to oh. there's a gr- there's a plan greater than me, which works for some people. I mean, if that's like some of uh, somebody's faith that they're relying on to get through things like that's fine i come i happen to come from a more buddhist background mm-hmm. in philosophy and not originally but that was meant to be too and from that my take on that is that no matter what happens in my life i will be okay yeah like it's just like this idea that if this happens it will be the end i will be devastated but it really causes you to rely on your internal and external supports and resources and be more authentic in that kind of way. Not saying like, 
oh, I need to hide this. This person can't handle it. Or this person will leave me if I am like vulnerable with them. Like they might, but guess what? You'll be okay. Right, but that's terrifying. It is that's, terrifying that's because, the, well, existentially, it's saying you, you're in control of nothing, which we're not. We lived in the illusion that we were. Well, and until, that was the other thing that was unmasked during the pandemic. And that was something that I talked about with every single person, which mm-hmm. is we have all fooled ourselves to believe that we have some semblance of control of anything other than ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the choices that we make and the feelings that we feel and the thoughts that we have. And we don't. And this year has shoved that down our throats mm-hmm. in a very aggressive way. Like we don't like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's absolutely terrifying. I mean, it's one of those things that what you just described, Christy, of, you know, you can have all these things. Like you can, and you'll be okay. But if we have never been able to be in a space where we could process and feel those feelings and be vulnerable and be scared and be petrified and be frustrated and be devastated when we did open up to a person mm-hmm. who couldn't be there for us and did leave right. or, you know, or stayed, but not in the way that we thought they would or unable to show up, you know, like, and our ego parts of us love to personalize those things. Well, what did mm-hmm. I do? Well, what wasn't <laughs> I enough for this? And it's like, that shit out too because like sometimes you don't know the reason and yeah again like you can only show up in that moment which is why i'm so preachy when it comes to meditation because it forces you to be like drop this narrative right get out of your imagination stop picturing the things like you think uh, the ways that you think that things and people should be and it's interesting over the last full moon there was a an online zoom thing that a friend of mine invited me to and it was really cool and everybody from all over the world actually our little one inch head screens like <laughs> who are these people but anyway everybody had to pick a word to leave in the past year and i chose expectations mm-hmm. and i was like I don't want to put my expectations of who a person is onto them because they get to choose who they want to be. Correct. I don't want to put my expectations about what my job should look like or what this, like, my house should look like. I just really trying to be forcefully in that moment. And it was so amazing to, like, kind of open my eyes to that because when you come to that realization and you exercise or you have an interaction with somebody and you're really fully in that moment, it's like such a breath of fresh air we don't have to be trying to create these scenarios and situations like to have the perfect end like you're missing your story (laughs) well and the funny thing that you said story because what's been floating in my head which is something that you and i talk about all the time is that when we get caught up in our mind in that monkey mind of all of the thinking and the what ifs is what is the story that you're telling yourself Mm -hmm. i think that's so important it's something that if you continue to ask yourself that when you are feeling stuck, when you are feeling overwhelmed is what is the story that you're telling yourself about this and Mm -hmm. where does that come from? And is that the story that do you like that story? Mm -hmm. Number one, like the story that I'm telling myself is this. Oh, and do I like that Brown says the story I'm telling myself is this pause. And then you say, if it's a negative story, if it's a good story, stick with it. But if it's a negative story, you can say to yourself, it's a good journal prompt. An equally true and better feeling Mm. story is this. It's like, it could be this way, but it could also be this way. I also tell people, because a lot of times the story that I'm telling myself is something that 
is actually not in line with what I know to be true, especially Mm. the people that I'm working with in therapy. If I know that you're working on yourself, I know that you know better. Mm -hmm. I know because we've worked through it and you've told me and I've witnessed it and I've seen it. And so I will tell people, you need to ask yourself, you know, the story that I'm telling myself is and fill that in. And then you need to ask yourself, what do I know to be true about myself? What do I know to be true about the situation? And if that's hard, what, what do I, what do other people tell me that they know to be true? And maybe that's what I tell you as your Mm, therapist mm -hmm. or your friend or your spouse or a child or anyone. That sparks something. I have a client who has been looking for five years now for a new job. And then was finally giving, not finally giving up, but just like, I just, I feel like this one could be good. But if it's not this one, I'm just pushing it to the new year. Like, we'll see. And she got this job. Well, when part of the reason that she hated the job she was in was there was a lot of animosity Mm. between like different coworkers and stuff like that. And she said when she left, she was blown away by the things that people said and the things that stuck out to them. And we don't tell people these things until what they're dead or they leave or they leave you know and so wow if and she was like i might have it definitely would have changed my experience of it i'm sure if i knew that yeah Mm -hmm. well and i think that right there that's a great way to show up authentically Mm -hmm. which is not only for yourself but for other people so if there's people in your life that you love and appreciate tell them if there's things that they Mm -hmm. do that help you tell them also the opposite is true if there are things that are unhelpful Sharing that is important. And again, that both of those take a level of vulnerability that is scary. But we can start in really small increments. Mm-hmm. You know, and so And it doesn't take a lot. You know Mary, our favorite our cleaner, cleaner lady. Yes. Oh, she is just amazing. And I sent her a text like that was not a a planned text. And I was like, "Hey, I just wanted to let you know like through all of this, it's been like really difficult and I know for you too like I just really want you to know how much you're appreciated. And she was like floored. Yeah. She was like, nobody says that these days. <laughs> I was like, we well, should. we do. We yes. should. I do the same thing mm-hmm. too. I send it to my friends. I send it to, you know, I'll, I'll tell it to my husband. I'll tell it to my kids. Mm-hmm. I tell it to my clients. I think it is really important. And I think it's a really, really, it's something that I always did. It's something that I am definitely doing more. Mm-hmm. Because Intentionally. More, yes. And intentions are a big part of, you know, showing up authentically. Mm -hmm. Get in touch with what are your intentions? Like, really sit with yourself and be like, how do I want to show up in the world? Well, I think this is an important note to make difference because it's a new year and a lot of people will set resolutions. How resolutions are different than intentions. Mm -hmm. I feel like, and you can put your two cents in if you think differently or add to it. I feel like resolutions are about, like, making changes to who I am. I am this way, I want to be different, right? And, and a lot of times those resolutions that we make are resolutions that are, maybe they're in line with who we are, but I feel like a lot of times they're not. I feel like it's, I'm not accepting some part of who I am and so I want to change it. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, at least when I think about an intention, I'm thinking about who I am as a person, what is in line with me, and are there things that I am doing or not doing that are getting in the way of me being me, mm-hmm. me showing up authentically, me being myself. So the intentions that I make are like, this is really important because this is who I am. I am very, I am a very empathetic person. I am a very 
words person Mm -hmm. and I love sharing and I love hearing, (laughs) you know, like this is how I feel about you. This is why you're important to me and doing things like that. And so setting an intention to do more of that is just enhancing more of who I already am. Yeah. Versus Mm -hmm. trying to be a different version of myself, Mm -hmm. which is not going to work. Well, and it also leads into that. When I look this way, I will be happy. When I have these things, I will be happy. When I have this job, I will be happy. Like, it's all a bunch of bullshit. When I behave this way, when my body looks this way, when I have this much money. I feel like what we're doing when we do that is going back to when I said, like, that separation of the parts of ourselves we like or don't like. That's one part of ourself, like, shaming the other part. Like, you are bad. You need to change this. And this goes back to we're making all the connections today. Because that also then connects to why do you feel shame about that? Who's telling you? Right. Where did that story come from? Who said that? Mm -hmm. Right. Who said that you need to look a certain way or you need to have a certain type of job or you need to make a certain amount of money or you need to live your life in a certain way? Right? So what is the story that you're telling yourself? What do you know to be true? Do you like that story? What do you know to be true about it? And who said that? Says Mm -hmm. who? Is someone in your life right now saying that? And if they are, we need to look at that relationship because they are fueling unhelpful, shameful beliefs about yourself. If there aren't people in your life right now that are saying that, then... Someone in your life did, mm-hmm. or you adopted those, you adopted those beliefs mm-hmm. because of the way people interacted with you, because of things people said to you, and now you've internalized those beliefs and are saying those things to yourself. And you hit the nail on the head there. Like it usually is a voice that you know, and you know who it comes from. But and then stemming from that is our brain scans the environment to look for. Ways to reinforce this story. Where is the information that proves this to be true? Mm -hmm. 110%. And that's why I tell people, if you don't accept this story, then look to what's, where's the proof? Where's the validation for that? Yeah. That this is not true. Because you're right. Because automatically our mind will be like, so you're a loser. And here's an entire movie reel of all of the things Mm -hmm. that you have done in your life. And also I can probably you know, guess and mind read what we don't yet have. Here's the information about what people are thinking about you now that they haven't told you or the things in the future that are going to happen because Mm -hmm. we can guess, right? All of those unhelpful thinking styles. But it takes effort to say, no, that's not the story that I want to be telling myself. And there is proof that that's not true. There is proof that the story that you want to be telling yourself and who you actually are is true but Mm -hmm. you have to find that that's where the work is it's easy for your mind to be like you're a loser let me show you right (laughs) um it's hard to be in the mindset of maybe i'm not Mm -hmm. and and this is why i think that Mm -hmm. and that's a little bit harder oh yeah because it takes concerted effort and consistency yes and you have to be we can't do this work on our own. So you have to be working with somebody in most cases to get that unbiased view to kind of step back. And it doesn't mean like you have to be in therapy for your whole entire life. Or maybe it's like a spiritual advisor. Or maybe it's a friend that can really help you get well, out of that. And it's, or maybe it's all of them. And I right. think that's the thing. Like right. it can be a whole bunch of different people. It can be a therapist in and out, going in and out of therapy. It can be. A lot of times I think when people go to therapy and they're able to finally have that kind of 
authentic relationship with another person, with their therapist, and if they're able to build that trust and able to build that connection, then that's something that they can start to learn to apply to other relationships outside mm-hmm. of their life, right? Me as your therapist or Christy as your therapist or whoever your therapist is, is not the only person that you are going to be able to have this kind mm-hmm. of relationship with. Mm-hmm. But this is where we start. Right. And then we can apply it to now we're going to start to work on developing that with other people in your life. And the really unhealthy people that rely on you not having boundaries are going to hate that. They're going to be pissed. <laughs> I'm like, just blame me. I know that there are family members oh. out there that are like, Christy, Can I tell you, <laughs> yes. I pissed not one of my clients off, but someone connected to one of my clients. And it was the best thing ever because they uh, came back to me and they were like, well, <clears throat> I uh, set a boundary <laughs> and I stood up for myself. And I'm like, did you? I'm so glad. And it's like, yeah, the person didn't like it. They were like, oh, did your purple haired bitch therapist tell you to do that? <laughs> and I was like, I love it. <laughs> I will take it all. Yes, if that's the case, if you standing up for yourself, piss them off enough that they got angry at me. <laughs> right. You did something right. You did something Therapy good. Therapy gold stars. We uh, we have them and they're very limited, but that's that true. sounds like a... Therapy gold star. Oh I was gosh. like, oh man, I really pissed them off, didn't I? Well, not me. You did. And they took it out on me. And right. that's okay. Right. But that well, made me and laugh. some people will really surprise you. You could be... Uh, and I'll give another like client example. I have a client who for years has been the only person in her family to go to therapy. And finally, that's was like, right, was finally like, I cannot do this on my own. Like, I cannot be like the identified patient anymore when not one other person in this family is working on themselves. And there was like a blow up fight over that. It was between her and her mother. But now her mom's ready to go to therapy oh, after thank God. years. I'm not, yes. Well, that's like, have you seen those posts people put on like Instagram that says, you know, how many people are in therapy because of the people in their lives that are not in therapy? And truthfully, it really is, you know? Well, and you can't put it on another person to be like, you're doing all of this work, like, and now you need to do this. And that, like, that's part of being authentic too. Being mature enough to be like, hey, I got some things going on too. Like, I, I have some things to figure out. And that's the biggest part of dropping the stigma and we are going to be moving forward in this new year having lots of conversations with lots of different people in many walks of life about mental health about mental health and how can we support one another how can we show up for ourselves how can we normalize it yes on deeper and deeper levels yeah 100 percent. because that's going to be a big part of and i see that i see that happening with family members and friends who have children and I'm so proud of them, oh, and yeah. I'm so happy to have a niece and nephew and a brother who lets his crazy therapist sisters <laughs> embark on his family. But, um, no, it's just so great to be able to be like, no, this is the reality of how, like, the world and, is. And, and it's normal. And it really made me sad. Like, I don't want to have a ba- any kind of political discussion because my head is just pounding. But from the events that happened on January 6th, like, that – the kids weren't talking about that in their schools. So as a parent, what goes on there? Like, is there this separation between home and school and people don't want to get involved? And because I'm feeling like if ever there's a time to like talk about history, maybe when it's happening and not to like take a side in this mm-hmm. or that, but just to be like here, I call it the Walter Cronkow. Do you remember? Yes. My grandfather was a huge political person and loved the news. And I just remember him reporting the news and then, peace like there was no opinions and stories and I think it's used- interesting with like my kids 
the, I don't know if they're talking about it in school or not because I'm doing my own thing. They're doing their own thing. I myself have very, very, very much limited my access to information. I had no mm-hmm. idea what was going on actually the day that it was happening until I had a client tell me in session. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea. And part of that for me is just because of self-preservation and self-care. And, <laughs> yeah. that, and that I know that there are going to be people that need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so I get the bare minimum of information and I'm able to process that with people as needed. Yeah. With my kids, whether or not they're talking about it in school, to me, and this is just me, it's not a big deal to me because I know that we have conversations at home when they are needed. And so I didn't bring it up to them. I didn't talk about it with them. I know that even though whether they talk about it in school or not, they are exposed to information somewhere. Yeah. And we were in the car the other day. We went food shopping over the weekend. And I was like, the whole family's going because Which we is don't ever get out of the house. We don't ever get out of the house. I'm like, grab your masks. We're going to shop I and save. Couples that I work with were like, yeah, we had a date night. We went to we Costco. Went to Costco. <laughs> I know, right? It's like the safest place to go. So we're in the car and listening to the radio and there was a commercial or not a commercial, but like uh, the DJs were talking about uh, current president being banned on multiple social media platforms. And both of my kids were like, what's that about? And so we had a conversation about it. And I was like, well, um, they finally decided, you know, like what he's been saying. It's not appropriate. He's been promoting a lot of hate and um, they are not allowing it anymore. And we, and it was like, it was, and they got it. You could tell from like mm-hmm. what they were saying back and they were like, oh, because he's like not nice. And I'm like, yeah, cause he's not nice. And it is, and, and it's important for me to allow them to come to their own conclusions mm-hmm. about it and like ask questions. And it doesn't need to be me sitting down saying like, here, here's all of the things that are going on and this is why it's bad and this is what's happening. But like, as things have happened throughout this year and the different impacts they've had, We've had a lot of different conversations about what their understanding is of those things. Mm -hmm. Probably less than maybe some other people have. And again, that's okay. I think it's important for you to realize what is necessary. Mm -hmm. My kids' mental health has been struggling through this. Mm -hmm. And so that's another part of it too, which is how much of this do they they need to know? Right. Because it's important. Because it is history. Mm -hmm. And because... It is important that they understand those things that are happening in the world, but also how can I as a parent try to make sure that I'm taking good care of them and providing a safe environment for their mental health? Well, and dealing with your own thoughts and feelings and emotions around that. And I feel like that's really difficult for some people to do. And that your kids are watching and they're adopting like Mm -hmm. whatever emotional state you're in. And that's... It brings me back to like the work at the caring place with meeting kids with the information where they're at. Like you said, mm-hmm. they don't have to know everything, no. but when they have questions or just mm-hmm. like invite them to have a place where they can ask those questions. Yeah. And I know um, my one yoga instructor was saying that her daughter is in kindergarten and she said they did talk about it because some of the kids were asking. Yeah. And she said it was just like two things like we and this ties all back into the conversation that we've been that we started with today was I show up and I'm kind yeah that's it like and I don't have to like agree with what other people think or you know want to but to be having these conversations about like 
when I show up and I am kind, like, people know that they can trust me mm. and that, like, I am, you know, a safe, quote, unsafe. Yeah. And that's, like, that's not denying other people's reality. It's not making up stories because I'm disappointed in something. And I know, like, our family got the How to Be an Anti-Racist Family book, and it's very simple. It's just, yeah. it's not like we have to sit and, like, delve through all of it, but it's like, no. I'm really going to honor and respect somebody else's experience and perspective because, and I like to say that, well, from my experience, because I was born in this way and this was like my route and this was my education and this was my job. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pretend to know what somebody in another profession from another culture has experienced or to deny that. Like, there was a conversation that I had with somebody that we will not be friends (laughs) anymore just because I was giving an example of somebody who felt unsafe in a rural situation or something. And this person coming from a place of privilege saying, well, I don't believe that. And it's like, you can't, you can't deny somebody else's experience. But I think that if we all start to have these conversations with friends, family members, coworkers, whatever, like, well, that's where the work on yourself is Mm -hmm. so important because a lot of times and not all the time, but that comes from a place of you not being able to be authentic yourself. If you are denying other people's existence or beliefs or whatever uh, as not true, it, I think you know, part how of did it, that happen to you? Well, and I think that in the last 10 years, our phones have really like adopted that because it's like, oh, no, wait, I have the news feed that shows up for me, the people that agree with me. Like, I'm right. right. I'm right. I'm right. Cultivated, yeah. right. Completely cultivated to me. Well, so, I think that, that that goes to something that you were talking about before um, related to, like, taking ownership. You're talking about the one person who was the only person in their family to ever go to therapy, mm-hmm. and it was like, I can't take all this on for myself. It's really important to know those the boundaries there of – you have to take ownership of what of what is yours. Yes. But you don't have to take ownership of stuff that other people want you to take right. ownership for. And so whether that's your family or a partner or society, right. you know what I mean? Like pushing stuff on BIPOC and like all the... No, you don't have to take responsibility for that. That is not yours to carry. And it is okay to say, I will take what is mine. I will own up for it. I made these mistakes or I have these flaws or whatever. Or I'm still learning. Yeah. I'm still learning. (laughs) Right. But like, I will own that and be like, okay, yes, these are my mistakes. These are the things that I'm struggling with, whatever. But I am not going to take ownership for your shit Mm -hmm. because that's not how it is. It's not, it's never all on one person. It's never like, well, we have a family and here's the only problem or no, or I get in an argument with my husband and it's all on me or it's all on him. Nope, sure isn't. Mm-hmm. There is a shared responsibility when we are coming together, whether it's two people or an entire country, we all have shared responsibility. And that is so important to be able to say, I will own my part. And that's what, with what is going on in the country right now, that is what people and are asking us to do, mm-hmm. is just own your part. Own how you are maybe not helping or not showing up, but also own how you are helping and showing up. And be authentic. Thank you for listening to Conversations to Connect with Gretchen. And Christy. If you like our show, want more information, and want to connect with us, go to our website at www 
www.conversationstoconnect.com and follow us on Instagram. We hope this episode has given you some useful tips to create meaningful conversations in your life. If you feel like you would benefit from talking with a therapist, one resource is www.psychologytoday.com or you can contact your insurance company. See you next time.